Okay. Well, welcome back to True Crime Trine. It is a podcast where the planets align and three friends. Three. Three. Three whole friends. Do you have three whole friends, listeners? Come on. And they're, we're all here to talk about <laughs> true crime, astrology, and any other weird bullshit we can fit into this podcast. We are your host, Hannah, Sarah, and Meredith. Welcome to episode 78, Spooky Season! Biznatch? Housekeeping? Housekeeping? Biznatch. Ass yep. news? What are we doing? Oh, God. <laughs> Where are we? Let's talk potatoes. <gasps> oh, let's talk potatoes. Should I bring Kirk in here? Oh, my God. <laughs> TT, the president of the TCT fan club, sent me a TikTok today. TT sent you a TikTok, president of the TCT. <laughs> There's a lot of T's in the sentence. <laughs> there was, yeah. So basically, it's this lady who's comparing the zodiac signs to potatoes. <laughs> oh my God, what are we? I need to know what I am. So, Sarah, you are mashed potato. <laughs> yes, you are soft, yeah. buttery. I am a textural enigma. Yeah. <laughs> Comforting, though. Yes. A mashed potato is one of the best ways to eat a potato. So the lady says, essentially, this is the emotional version of a potato. (laughs) Mush. Straight mush. (laughs) But often is much more than you expected, Mm -hmm. which I love that. I always expect great things. You can't make princess potatoes without mashing them first. Oh, sorry. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. And then our resident Capricorn. I'm guessing russet. Boring, but unitarian. Baked potato. No. Scalloped potato. No. No. Oh, my God. Well, no, yes. No, yes. Kind of. No. Au gratin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Au gratin, huh? That's a little spicy for a Capricorn. <laughs> the cheese. The reason being, and I thought this was hilarious, was like, basically, like, you went to France and came back and was like, I'm fancier than the rest, <laughs> okay. the rest of you now. potatoes. Also, it it's like taking something as simple as a potato slicing it evenly with a mandolin, placing it neatly into a casserole dish in nice, neat layers, coating it with, like, cheesy, gravy, saucy goodness, and then baking it. But you from scratch some Bernays sauce. Yeah, that's a lot. Okay, it's, it's a lot of work. something simple it's a Capricorn. and making it something complicated. <laughs> what Capricorn does to their feelings. Hey! And she also added that once you get past, like, the fanciness of it, like, basically that Capricorns are just spectacular. Oh, <laughs> I would that say was very sweet as they're well. a little cheesy because I'm not a huge Agraden fan. Oh, fuck, I am. I'm just a potato fan, I feel like. Except for baked potato. I don't actually like baked I potato I feel like very the much. takes away from the potato. It's how I feel about what? bacon how? in soups. I don't think bacon belongs um. in soup. No. Unless you're making bacon soup. Ooh. Like a slurry of Potato fat. bacon soup. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Loaded baked potato yeah. made into a soup. I'd be fine with that. With like some chives, some cream. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then I... Gemini. Ooh. Tater tots. I don't even know. Oh, tater tots. That was Aries, actually. Oh, fuck. Oh, it was tater tots. No, Aries is like the motherfucking seasoned as fuck curly fry. There were no curly fries. Oh, there was waffle fries, which was Libra. And <laughs> the that's worst because fry. Yeah. They were out doing the Virgo, which was just your standard French fry. Mm. A Libra never outdoes a Virgo. Sacrilege. Is a Gemini, wait, is a Gemini a sweet potato fry to be outside the box? Nope. Oh, fuck. Okay. I'm trying to think of what else it could be. Potato salad. Potato salad. No, potato salad was Aquarius, and that's just ah. because they gotta be different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Any other guesses? Um, There's a lot of potato options out there. There are. None of them are coming as Gemini to me, though. A diner hash brown. Nope, that's Taurus. That's Taurus. A comfort Traditional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Traditional. Yeah. Um, kettle chip. You're on the right track. Just chips oh, in okay. general. Oh, okay. <laughs> because I'm very versatile and I can be what you need me to be in a situation, right? That is true. So Crunchy. Different flavors. <laughs> I have to add this is absolutely perfect because... For the last probably like two weeks, I've been super salty at work. <laughs> and so my coworker nicknamed me Chips because I'm salty as fuck. Oh. And so she's like, okay, Chips, what kind of day are we going to have today? <laughs> and then I get this today and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely Chips. I will add cancer because I thought this was fucking hilarious. Cancer is sweet potato casserole. Oh, just sweet and mushy. Too sweet. Can't be served alone. Because it said it will likely cause arguments at the holiday dinner table, (laughs) but is sweet and warm. What's Sagittarius? Sagittarius was the karaoke. A what? A karaoke. It's a Japanese fancy potato. Mm. Yeah, that tracks. Oh, okay. And essentially, they're a crowd pleaser. They're fun to take to any party, things like that. So, <laughs> all right. And then the other, I think we've covered most of them except for Scorpio was potato soup. <laughs> and that was because they are warm in unexpected ways. <laughs> uh, like the fact that when you dip into it, it might seem like it's fine to eat, and then it scalds the fuck out of the roof of your mouth. And then you're There's like that. remembering them for days afterwards because it hurt. Don't trust a potato soup or a Scorpio. <laughs> uh, what's a Leo? Oh, Leos were the loaded baked potato. That's a Leo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Loaded. Or it could be a Taurus, too. I like it as Leo because it's all flashy. It had to put a lot of accessories on. Yeah. Okay, okay. Anyways, that's the potato corner. <laughs> Yay, potato corner. But yeah, why not? I love potato corner. And I also love... Random things as a zodiac sign. So, yes, yeah, it was hilarious. So, thanks for that, TT. I had a good giggle today. This is just a story of what's happening in my life. I keep seeing this commercial for a bipolar medication, and one of the side effects is unusual urges. And I don't know what that means. And I've been wondering, (laughs) oh no, I've I've been wondering for days now, what does that mean? And how do you tell your doctor about it? This is when you go to somewhere like Reddit. And you read real people's experiences. Yeah. But I already do that. I know, but <laughs> but like you you put on Reddit, like search the term for the 
medication. Medication. Oh. And then you read, like, someone just had the sudden urge to, like, rub their genitalia on someone's steering wheel. (laughs) (laughs) These all seem like reasonable urges, because... Uh, anyway, that's what's been preoccupying my mind for the last couple days. What makes an urge unusual to to a medical extent? If it's not usually something that a human would normally do. I don't think that's fair for me to say. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I'm just picturing someone like scooting their butt like a dog does across the grass. <laughs> Licking walls like Otter used to. Just like, what does this paint taste like? When my daughter was... I think she was two. And this is why kids are disgusting. We all agree. We went to this Thai restaurant and we were sitting there and she was like in the corner and I made little rice balls for her and she's eating chicken and little rice balls and peanut sauce. And we're like conversating, my mom and my stepdad. And I look over and she is literally licking the wall. Ew, I don't rest if. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Oh, no. I'm like, oh, we're so getting something from Oh, God. But yeah, kids lick weird shit. They are perpetually sticky under the age of 10. Like, I don't know what it is. Their hands are either clammy or sticky. Always. I don't know what they're touching. Don't ask. This medication, like, is that like adult type urges or like... I don't know. Maybe it just takes away your inhibitions, like you're getting kind of fucked up on it. I mean, all mental health medication fucks you up. It's the yes day medication. (laughs) Oh, I don't want that one. (laughs) I I won't bring this option up to my psychiatrist. I will add, I watched the first few episodes on Hulu of The Patient, and it's got Steve Carell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's the therapist. Oh, no. He gets kidnapped by a serial killer. Oh, God. So he can provide therapy to the serial killer who wants to get better, but he doesn't really want to get better, but he kind of wants to get better. Anyways, it's very dramatic. It's a little slow, but overall, it's pretty good. I think there's only like maybe six episodes up on Hulu so far. I think it's a new series or something like that, but... I saw ads on Instagram for it. Yeah, it's hmm. actually pretty interesting. I and haven't even I, heard of it. I did try to watch Dahmer on Netflix. I was looking at that, too. Whoever that actor is, I don't know off the top of my head, but whoever that actor is, like, I watched 15 minutes of it, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do this, and I do a true crime podcast i don't know if i can watch this it's he's a really good actor and so it's very very convincing and it's very intense and scary yeah okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna try it then to see if i can watch it okay i saw that on netflix too and i got all excited because i thought it was a documentary and then it said tv series and i was like i don't know i still don't know sarah you are the next to try okay i will try I made it 15 minutes into the first episode, and I think it was 15 minutes, but I didn't make it very far. Uh, I was like, (laughs) I'm going to go read about other murder. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Anyway, TV corner, medication corner, potato corner. Woo! Corner time. We're almost to room. 
with all of the non-existent free time that I have right now, I will try watching that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. We'll probably have to eat into my sleeping schedule. I will not wait with bated breath for your review of Dahmer. <laughs> I mean, I might have something to talk about next time we record. Anyway, I might not. <laughs> if you want to talk about your unusual urges, feel free. Hit up our Discord if you'd like to share with us. What is your most unusual urge? And I don't, I'm not thinking sexy. I'm thinking just unusual. To eat copious and stupid amounts of these gluten-free dumplings that Kirk found from Kim's Mart. All right. Okay. That's all our biznatch. That's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Closing in. What do we got? All right. Are we ready? We ready, girl. All right. This is a little bit early, but... Because when this airs, it's not going to be quite towards Halloween-y, but, you know, all of October is spooky spooky season, season. so fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. In my story, it's Saturday, October 25th, 2014, the Saturday before Halloween. Recent. The, you know, not falling on a correct weekday holiday. I don't know. But probably the week that, the day that you'd have the party. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because if it's Saturday, then the 26th, 27th, 27th is a Monday. I should have thought this out ahead of time. Hang on. 8th, Tuesday, 9th, Wednesday, 30th. It's a Friday when Halloween happens. Well, that's dumb. Oh, well, then I don't know. (laughs) It's Saturday the 25th. Yeah. So then six days later, it's a Friday. Who the fuck does this shit? Anyways, my whole gripe was I hate when when Halloween happens on a weekday. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I want to dress up, but I also have work to do. This year it's on a Monday. Ugh, the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. But it's autumn. It's spooky season. Everyone is excited about the best holiday of the year, right? They just want to celebrate it twice. Yeah, True. maybe that's Two maybe weekends that's the in case. a row. Or this is a, a big enough deal that, like, they wanted for sure for nobody else to feel like they had to pick, you know, between. And they were like, no, this is happening. Everyone's showing up to this thing. Okay. So. The place is Frenchtown Township. Yes, there's two towns in this name. <laughs> it's an area about 30 miles south of Detroit that makes up several small towns of teeny tiny residency population numbers. So the entire township has just over 20,000 residents, the biggest okay. city of which is called Monroe. And this is on like the westernmost point of Lake Erie. So yeah, it gets cold. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Historically, the land uh, belonged to the Potawatomi, the Native Americans who maintained trading relations with the French that helped give the township its name, Frenchtown Township. Frenchtown Township. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of love it. It just gets funnier and funnier. So outside of the city proper, like basically anywhere beyond Monroe, it kind of gets really rural really fast. So it's one of these large properties that has like this absolutely massive um, amount of space. And this man, Mike, is throwing this just ginormous Halloween party. There's an estimated 800 people, although there were some quotes of people, like, more than 800 people arriving here. Picture basically a farm where, like, cars can, like, line up and park and then still walk up onto the property. There's, like, a huge tent and, like, live bands and all sorts of shit. So it's, like, Halloween Woodstock. Yeah, yeah. So, like, probably just under a thousand people, maybe a little bit less, but yeah. Okay. Shit ton of people. He's got the whole thing set up. So, like, there's security and everything and cameras and whatnot. But Okay. So, this somewhat shy and well-behaved young woman named Chelsea Brooke, she's 22. She's the youngest of five siblings. And she's a kind-hearted, shy, timid kind of girl. 
Chelsea grew up on her family's farm and worked in a local restaurant called Olga's Kitchen, which is in the Mall of Monroe in the whole township area. And she still lived at home at age 22. She didn't drive. She didn't even have a license, actually, at this point. And like I said, she's kind of a timid, just happy-go-lucky, almost kind of a homebody. Doesn't really get out a whole lot, but basically has a lot of friends that also either work with her at the restaurant or people that she's just kind of known from around her area or who are friends with her family and family friends and things like that. She's friendly and well-liked by everyone. She's known to have a very optimistic outlook on life. So on this night, it's Saturday, Chelsea decides that she's going to step out of uh, her comfort zone a little bit, and she dresses up into her costume, which is Poison Ivy. Okay. She doesn't do the whole scantily clad Poison Ivy thing. It's cold, right? Yeah. She's wearing black leggings and this green top that she's hand-sewn these little plastic leaves all over, so it's actually pretty cute. Okay. And then she completes this whole outfit up with a maroon-colored long wig to cover her blonde hair. Okay. Then she catches a ride with her friend Laura Taylor to this crazy, massive party. So being, like, a smart girl and kind of knowing, yeah, it's fucking cold out. I'm not going to hang out until the wee hours of the night in just this little tiny tube top thing and some leggings. She brings along an overnight bag because she anticipated that she would probably be going to a friend's house after leaving the party. And then she also brought a change of clothes and a jacket in case she needed to get warm because the temperature outside was probably way too cold for just the poison ivy costume, even if they are going to be in kind of like one of those big event tent sort of things. She yeah. wanted an option. So they arrive to Mike's big Halloween bash around 10 p.m., Chelsea ends up leaving her wallet, purse, cell phone, and overnight bag inside the vehicle because her leggings don't have any pockets and she doesn't want to just be carting stuff around. Yeah, that'd be so annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Plus it's 2014 and it's just like, I don't know. I wasn't super attached to my phone in 2014. I don't remember. Maybe Uh, it was. I mean, there wasn't as much going on on my phone then. Yeah. My phone probably wouldn't work in Frenchtown Township. The service was probably very bad. <laughs> Not to mention if everybody that you know is at this party, like... Who's calling you? Although it's a party of like 800 people, I would probably bring my phone so I could be like, where are you Check at? Check into your bra. Yeah. <laughs> this party sounds like a version of hell to me, by the way. It's a lot of people. <laughs> That's too many people. I mean, it's not in a house. It's in like a big field with a tent or yeah. two and like a fire pit and live bands. And But it's yeah, it's cold. a cold. There's way too many people. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Al Grotten Potato says, it's too uh, middle class for me. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> too agricultural. <laughs> I will just add that I just bought my daughter some leggings that have pockets. Yep. Because she likes to collect rocks. And she yep. was like, I need pockets on my leggings. She's going to hide some shit in those. <laughs> I think the moral of this story is that every girl needs to have a fucking pocket. Yes. All the time. We need pockets. Yeah. So Chelsea and her friend Laura meet up with all of their other friends underneath this large tent at the center of the party where there's live music going on. Like I said, this party is being hosted by a man named Mike Williams. It's out in the rural area of the township. Mike had hired a significant number of security guards for this event, probably kind of overwhelmed, honestly, by the amount of people who showed up. And he also had at least five cameras set up throughout the entire party area but those weren't really so much for security or you know seeing who's coming and going as they were just to like be able to document how much fun everyone's having oh weird okay or he's using them to like 
look at girls later. And I, and I was thinking to protect his ass from a lawsuit or something. Well, I mean, if true. you've got that many, like, it's probably not his first rodeo. Yeah, that's true. Mike, I have questions for you, too. What the fuck? This is so <laughs> much work. That's a lot of evil. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's charging admission. I don't know. I don't see that listed anywhere. It could just be that he's like a rich dude and he's like, yeah, I have this property and I just want to have fun and have a bunch of people out. Because people are coming from like all over the state for this he's event. He's doing the yeah. unfun part of actually planning the party. <laughs> I mean, maybe he just hosted it. Maybe someone else planned it. Oh, maybe. Like maybe he's got like a planner, like an event planner. That's true. If he can afford yeah. this fancy party. So... Anyways, there's cameras, there's loads of pictures of everyone there having fun, not just from his cameras, but from everyone obviously having their own phones and, and being able to take pictures and stuff. And Chelsea's in several of these images, obviously drinking, having fun with her friends, all smiles, etc. So I've said this party is huge. It really was massive. There were eight heavy metal bands playing in succession. Wow. Okay, now I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote down some of the band names, um, including... Armageddon Awaits. Okay. Psychopathic Days and Everything Must Die. Everything Must Die is good. Okay, I've never heard of any of them, but I guess people were coming in from, like, way out of town for this party. Uh, for fucking hell yeah, I'd go to this party, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in now. Fuck the cold. Everything must die anyway. I'll be in a crowd of people forming the edge of the pit. I'll be warm. So Mike's own band actually also played. I don't. I didn't find his band's name, but they were all dressed up in costume too as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I thought was ah, really cute. That's fun. I love that. So everyone's drinking, having fun. There's like a mosh pit and everything kind of happening too. At around 12.45 a.m., Chelsea is inebriated and she's having fun, but she is trying to meander her way, her way through the crowd and accidentally runs into a post, um, probably one that's like oh. holding up that massive tent. And she smashes her nose, like, really hard and causes it to bleed profusely. And so she's, like, obviously super embarrassed. Maybe not feeling a whole lot because, like, I don't know, depending on how hard you're going, you might not feel your face very much. But she's super embarrassed and she starts telling her friends that she wants to go home. She also was reported feeling confused and disoriented from the head injury. But everyone that she was hanging out with was like, no, stay. You should stay. We're going to get you cleaned up. Don't worry about it. So she goes and gets cleaned up. But then at this point, she becomes separated from her friends from the crowd. Uh-oh. Yeah. I was going to say, they're all like, concussion what? No. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. Your eye, your pupils are dilated? Oh. I'm sorry. What did you take? Once I drink a lot, I'll be. that would be my response as well. <laughs> yeah. So her friend Laura, who she had gotten a ride with, ends up leaving the party without her while Chelsea is separated. And so Chelsea's kind of stranded there, but she doesn't realize this. So, And she doesn't have her wallet, her purse, her, her cell phone. phone, her clothes. Laura had figured that Chelsea would have no problem finding another ride from any of the other friends that they were hanging out with that evening. And as soon as she got back, that Chelsea would be able to like hang out with them and, and hitch a ride from someone else. But before Laura left, she ended up taking the overnight bag and cell phone and handed them to their mutual friend, Becky, who was part of that crowd. Becky Brinson has them in her car now. Because they okay. went out to the parking lot together to, to do a swap of the belongings. However, as the night goes on, Becky was then still unable to find Chelsea in the chaos of the party. Sounds insane. She has no phone, no way of getting a hold of her. She's trying to do, like, laps around the crowd and, like, see where the hell is she. Can't just, find like, her anywhere. We went back in time to the 80s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. We don't need to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. 
Unwilling to be late for work the next day, Becky realized that she just, she had to get home. And so she left and didn't find Chelsea at all, left the party, took the overnight bag, cell phone, and purse with her because she was like, well, I can't find her, but I got to go and no one else like is with it enough to drive at this point that I am around. So I'm just going to skedaddle. Okay. So this definitely leaves Chelsea stranded without any money, without a cell phone, without a change of clothes, anything. Yeah. It's reported that from 1 a.m. to 3 a.m., Chelsea was seen meandering around the party, talking with people, but also kind of looking for her group um, and often begging others to lend her a cell phone so she can maybe Uh, call someone. Oh, no. She also complained of being cold. She'd expected that her costume wouldn't have been warm enough, but she had the extra jacket and clothes. But when she went back to the car where Laura had parked, the car wasn't there. Uh, So she goes back to the party and realizes, huh, I guess I'd really better find my group then. Yeah. Time goes on, and several acquaintances had stated that they had offered her a ride between 1.30 and 3 a.m., but for some reason she declined each offer, saying that she just has to find her group. Maybe she didn't even know what time it was since she doesn't have her phone. Yeah. And disoriented from her smooshed-in nose injury. Yeah. So maybe she thought that Laura was even still there somewhere because she hadn't even seen her since that had happened. Yeah. She didn't know that Becky had her stuff. She didn't know where Becky was or that Becky had left. She hadn't seen anybody. And Chelsea was last seen by acquaintances around 3.15 a.m. crying that she thought that she'd been abandoned. Oh. And then around that point, there's no more photo documentation of her anywhere. And she was just gone. So when she didn't show up the next day at home, there's no calls or texts. And her family's a little concerned, but they knew that she'd taken the overnight bag, and had planned to stay at a friend's house. And she, they had figured that she was sleeping off the hangover, honestly. They were like, nah, it was a crazy party. She's fine. She's just not awake right now. And she had a small concussion when we left her, so... Well, no, so this her is her family. family so she has, Oh, her family. Okay. She has five other siblings, or she's the youngest of five. But she has a bunch of siblings and her parents and everything, and they know that she had plans to stay somewhere else. Okay. But she's 22. She's an adult. She makes her own money, you know. Yeah. But the hours went by and into the evening of the 26th, that's Sunday, and they knew that she had work the next day. And they were like, well, this isn't good. And she's not calling or texting. She's not answering any calls. And finally, on Monday morning, they're like, nah, we're going to the police. And they reported her missing. Uh, So like Brittany didn't notice a phone ringing off the hook? It might have been on silent. Yeah. I mean, or out I don't, I don't know. I mean, I assume that it's at some point Brittany's like, I need to get this stuff back to her. And she figured that she would probably give it back to her maybe like Monday at work. I don't know. Okay. But immediately friends and family and neighbors and coworkers all pitch in to help with the search as soon as it's known that she's missing. Yeah. Posters are put up all over Monroe City and in the surrounding areas and thousands of flyers were distributed. Apparently, at, at some point, it was quoted that millions were distributed, but I'm like, there were only 20,000 people in the entire township. <laughs> I have trouble believing that. But, yeah, you know. A reward of 17000 was offered for any information about Chelsea's disappearance, and then it was later increased to 30000 Police went around and questioned the various party guests, but as you can probably <laughs> imagine, that that's like... It's a lot of people to talk to also, and a lot of photos to go through. Terrible drunk witnesses. Oh my gosh. Everyone's drinking. It's crazy. Yeah. And not only that, but a lot of people like came into town for that. So they probably were gone. Oh, yeah. That too. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a daunting task. 
And there wasn't even like a guest list. It was pretty much word of mouth sort of thing. Sure. So they don't even know who all was even there other than like photographic evidence and who says who was there. Mm-hmm. Sure. And it's a large outdoor space that obviously easily accommodated 800. It could have been more. But even still, some of the people said that they did remember Chelsea leaving with an unidentified man. Oh. One person reported that they saw Chelsea walking toward the parking lot at around 3 a.m. with a man wearing a dark black hoodie and dark rim glasses. And they were able to help with a composite sketch, mm-hmm. which was then released to the media. But like, I looked at this sketch and oh my God, it kind of really sucks. Not that, like, the artist couldn't no, do anything, but, like... I just think composite sketch. Like, I see them, I'm like, I don't see this as a part. Even, like, sometimes I show them and they're like, this, look at this sketch. It's, like, dead on. I'm like, eh, not really. Look at this sketch. Oh, yeah, that could be anybody. <laughs> right? He's kind of like, cute. Oh, he's he got has, the emo oh, hair. Oh, God. I was just gonna say, he has the fucking emo hair. I would have followed him to his fucking stupid car. He's got, like, the basic white boy look. Like, not a chiseled, chiseled jaw, but it's there. It's got, like, kind of a bit of a, yeah, like a a 5 o'clock shadow. Or, I guess, a a 3 a.m. shadow. But, anyway. No, yeah, it's a generic white boy. (laughs) From... Very generic. 2014. On my screen, it was just gray. (laughs) So, I'm like, he's very generic. Generic white boy. (laughs) So gray. Gray blob. Oh, I shared the screen and it did nothing. Okay. No, mine hey, was, I, wanted I could see, see the too. words down at the bottom, but not the, the picture. It didn't come oh, through on mine. That's my shitty We're internet. We're just having a lot of trouble communicating with Sarah today. It looks like a cartoon of a white person with emo hair and glasses. Yeah. It's not very descript. Anyways. Generic emo white Generic boy from 2014. AF. Who Hannah yeah. would have totally wanted to fuck. <laughs> if he had square-toed boots, done deal. No. Oh. <laughs> it does sound like he did not put a costume on, which I don't respect as much at Halloween, but... I mean, maybe his costume was, like, a very inconspicuous Where's Waldo. He's just lost all his striped things. His costume was emo kid from 2008 or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, high schooler. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he basically just... He's a super generic white dude. Okay. So they're not getting a whole lot other than like this sketch that's not super helpful. But then a woman named Carrie Ann Carr. Beep beep. It's C-A-R-R. But Carrie Ann Carr comes forward with some information. So Carrie Ann Carr goes to the police and she tells them that her ex-boyfriend told her that he had murdered Chelsea Brooke. Okay. Christy Christy Ann. What's your name? Carrie Ann. Carrie Ann. We need to talk about your boyfriends. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you're what, 22 as well? I mm. Well, I can't it, we don't know her you, age. But, uh, we don't know her age. I mean, maybe she's also 22, but it's basically she's saying that her ex-boyfriend told her and now they're broken up and now she feels like she can say something. Wait, when did she go to the police? Oh, fuck. I don't have that date in here. I had it somewhere. Later. Okay. <laughs> so post-party, the boyfriend Post-party in, in some of the, the crazy hubbub of like, Thousands of flyers going out to the media responding. Her boyfriend tells her that he killed her and she breaks up with him. Okay, smart move, Christiane. Never mind. So she goes to the police and she says that her her ex-boyfriend told her that he had murdered Chelsea. But Carrie was, like, emphasizing that you you cannot just talk to him. You have to arrest him. He will kill me if he finds out that I have told on him. Okay, we do need to talk about your boyfriends. So they bring him in for questioning and he immediately suspected that she had set him up. 
without them even saying anything about Carrie. I mean, I don't know why he told her in the first place, but she might have been the only person he told, so that might not have been that hard for his little brain to, like, make the connection. Well, no. So, so he's actually saying that she, no, she's crazy. She set me up. We just broke up. It was not a good breakup. And so the police never even mentioned Carrie and they kind of like looked into it. Turns out he has a rock solid alibi. Oh. And so then they go back to Carrie and it turns out that she admitted that she had made the whole thing up and that she just wanted him to get in trouble and be arrested and have it on his record and just to get back at him because it was a really bad breakup. You get arrested for something but not charged. Does it go on your record? I don't know. But like it doesn't look good to your job or whatever probably. Also, Chelsea Ann, what's her name? Carrie Ann. Carrie Ann, we can have we can get back at your boyfriend way better in ways that are technically legal. So call me. Or find better boyfriends that you don't need to do that to. We could also talk about that. She was trying to get her ex in trouble. She was then arrested for lying to police. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's karma. Yep. So um, I also, inf- like, I just wrote in here, ah, breakups. <laughs> you know what? I've got a fucking divorce and I still never made a false police report. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of the only thing really that, that pops up. There's another couple of small things here and there that end up being dead ends. A painful six months go by without any real leads. And the community continues to remember Chelsea by going, people are going around wearing these purple ribbons in honor of her favorite color to try and be like, she's still here with us. We need to keep looking. Don't forget. And a lot of them are like displaying these purple ribbons at work and around their neighborhoods and tying them to trees and stuff. Her family and friends are also, they've also sort of, sort of set up a headquarters and they're organizing regular searches, knowing that at this point, though, that they probably aren't going to find her alive. They're still holding on to some hope. Her 23rd birthday comes and goes. And then finally, a real break in the case. A piece of her costume, the shirt that she had hand-sewn those green plastic leaves onto, was found by a couple of men in an abandoned lot adjacent to a trailer park. So not a good area to kind of find stuff like that. How close was it? It's a very distinctive shirt, too. So you're like, it's definitely hers. Yeah, it's a few miles away. um, And the shirt had also been torn. So also oh, not great. uh-oh. And they, they tried lifting DNA evidence from it. There was apparently like a brown stain on part of the shirt, but they didn't find anything from it. But it had just been outside in the elements in the, all that yeah. time. There was notes in one of the articles that it had actually been inside an abandoned building. And then the men found it and they hadn't actually like reported it immediately until they realized like, oh shit, this probably belongs to this girl who blah blah right and so yeah they were then concerned fair that their dna would be on it but like literally the thing turned up no dna that was reliable so okay yeah, if i just came across a shirt somewhere i probably wouldn't call the police about it yeah yeah but living in frenchtown township you've probably heard about this case for the last like eight months well the millions of flyers millions yeah. of flyers All right, so we were in early April. They found the leafy shirt. Three weeks later, on April 24th, 2015, there were some workers out on a rural property excavating a secluded and heavily wooded area on this man's property. He he had wanted to build, like, another building there, like a shed or barn or something like that. So they're digging and clearing this brush, and as they're digging and removing these fallen trees and leaves and dirt and stuff, they uncover partially decomposed human remains. So this is all the way through the winter. Yeah. 
According to police reports, the female body was fully nude and ah. had blonde hair. And oh. it didn't take long for them to identify the victim as Chelsea Bruck. The autopsy report showed that she had likely died of blunt force trauma, suffering numerous fractures to her nose, eye sockets, and jaw, and that she also had two chipped teeth. Oh, no. Which did not occur when she ran into a post. I mean, I don't think the fractures to her nose probably didn't, but, like, maybe? I don't know. It was bleeding. Yeah. I feel like if she ran into a post that hard, though, I feel like maybe the nose fractures could be explained by the post, but... The eye socket and the chipped teeth and the jaw, not so much. Blunt force trauma cannot be explained by drunkenly walking into a pole. Yeah. Then summer goes by, nothing new. Then on September 2nd, her black leggings were discovered near the same site as where her body was found, um, and they were torn in the crotch, like, gusset area. Come on. Oh, Jesus. And so these were submitted again for DNA evidence, and this time they were able to extract DNA in an unknown male sample was put into CODIS, but there wow. were no hits. This so, is a story when DNA actually matters, unlike any of my stories. Yeah, I'm like, DNA, CODIS, we're, all of these we're things. We're going to do it. Buccal swabs, yeah. <laughs> we're not going to get any answers right away, but at least it's in there. Yeah. Yeah. So 14 long months go by. This is more oh, than a, a year minute. later. So, how far away was the body and the leggings from the shirt? 10 miles. Oh. It was okay. 10 miles from, Weird. the body was 10 miles away from where the party was, and the shirt was, like, kind of also triangulated about a couple miles from the location also. So, yeah. So kind still, of down the road. Okay. Still within the township, but, like, quite a ways away. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So after 14 months... This 27-year-old named Daniel Clay is arrested, and he has an extensive criminal record. He's been arrested for or charged with, like, theft and things like that before. He falls into the hands of police because for felony theft charges because he steals a backpack, and apparently the way that he stole it was a little bit more on the, the edge of, like, assault. assault. Oh. Yeah. So violently stole, stole this backpack, and as part of his processing, he gets a buccal swab, and wouldn't you know it, there's a hit to a prior sample in the database. So they find this eventually. DNA, and man. Clay was also the ex-boyfriend of Jessica Pribble, which Wait, is one of what? Chelsea's friends who oh. had attended the party. Sorry, I thought this was Christiane again. <laughs> no, no, Carrie Ann. Carrie Ann's boyfriend's never actually named because he's innocent. <laughs> okay. And he's like, no, fuck that, I have an alibi. Me. Yeah. Carrie Ann's got issues, but... <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Well, Jessica Pribble does, too. So Jessica Pribble is actually this man, Daniel Clay's, like, baby mama. He has a kid mm. with her. Okay. But they've, like, split. They're amicable. She, she actually invited him to this party. Oh. This is towny relationships, BT Dubs. Yeah. When you've only got, like... And you're in a A dating town. population of 30. Mm-hmm. And you don't leave, those are towny relationships. They're a different breed. Yeah, you keep revisiting the same option. Like, maybe this was okay after all, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> if you just move away and go to a larger city, you'll probably find something that's much more worthwhile. Yeah. Pro tip. Although, let me tell you, job search going poorly. I don't know how to leave. It's fine. <laughs> okay, so he's an ex-boyfriend of one of Chelsea's friends. They're on amicable terms. Yeah. Chelsea didn't actually know this guy, but, like, an acquaintance kind of thing. So he's probably seen her at the party through, like, hanging out or whatever. Okay. He's questioned by the investigators, and he tells police that, yeah, he was at the party that night, that she disappeared. 
Um, he remembers seeing, you know, the the missing persons report and just kind of thought nothing of it, apparently. Uh, okay. I read this interrogation report and, like, because I couldn't stop. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's a conversation between, like, the detective and this guy. And it was just like, oh, my God, he's that dumb. And he's also a tool. So it was kind of funny. Oh, perfect. I should link it, too, so anyone else can read it if they want to. But we'll like, put it on the website. <laughs> I love a good interrogation. Oh, yeah. It was long, and, like, you get to see, like, the migration of, like... Is there any acting to do? Mm, No. No? Okay, it's fine. I could have, but, like, it takes so, so long. Oh, he's dumb and slow. And, like, they have to keep going over stuff with him. Fine. Like, no, there was DNA. That's why we're we're here. We're here in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) At one point, he does say something along the lines of, yeah, I know what DNA is, like... Like, blood. And they're like, well, it's not blood. And he's like, uh, well, spit. <laughs> and okay. they're like, no, it's not spit either. Well, he does have the like, vaguest... Well, it's not semen. <laughs> like, okay, never mind. He does not have the vaguest idea of what DNA is. He's like, I'm not dumb. I, I know what DNA is. I'm like, do you? You don't but really... Anyway, it's... You really don't. You gotta read it. I it's... was gonna give him the benefit of the... Of the doubt, because those are the most common ways to collect DNA, but then he said not semen, and I took the benefit away. Yeah. It would probably be an entire episode to read this whole thing back and forth, okay. but it would be fun. But it would be very long. Like, when you get to a web page and the, the cursor, like, like, scrolly thing oh, yeah. is this one. Yeah. All right, tell me more about this douchebag. Okay, this douchebag, Daniel Clay. He's a self-professed ladies' man. He says he has plenty of action. There's no way he'd need to go after anyone because they come to him. A self-professed ladies' man is an oxymoron. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Like, his story changes. So there's no way that he would need anything. He had sex earlier that day before he even went to the party. He got there alone. He left alone. He was only there from, like, 10 till midnight at, at best. And people saw him leave alone, of course. But then he changes his story. Well, yeah, maybe maybe I did know her. I don't know. I was probably drunk at that party. I, I definitely didn't have sex with her, but maybe I saw her there. And then it turns into, well, I don't remember if I had sex with her, but I definitely didn't go anywhere with her after I left. I definitely left alone. But yeah, I was probably drinking. I, I might have been drunk. And then it changed <laughs> into, yeah, I must have had sex with her if my DNA was there. But that's it. It was just a quickie in the parking lot. And then And then she went on her way. She was walking, you know, when I left. Okay. Okay. And then he finally changes it into, yeah, okay, we had rough sex, and she asked me to choke her, but then she didn't wake up, so I hid her body. No. What? Yeah. So, Mr. Ladies Man was just too stupid to actually shut up and ask for a lawyer this whole time. Mr. Ladies Man doesn't even know how to choke a girl number one. Yeah. No, dude, no. Yeah. So, sure, like, the DNA by itself might have been enough, but- it was it's kind technically... of circumstantial, and it could have been a quickie in the parking lot. There's reasonable doubt there. Mm-hmm. The only thing was, the DNA that they got wasn't from semen. It was from touch DNA from skin cells left where the grommet of the leggings was torn. Oh. Still could have been in the parking lot, though. Yeah. Or not grommet, gusset. But, like, oh, yeah. So, yeah. But her leggings were torn. Yeah. Which is a violent act Rough sex. to be torn off of her body. But then how does she walk back with torn leggings? She's not around anybody when that happens. I know. Yeah. I don't know why I'm playing devil's advocate, but I am. Yeah. Her leggings are violently torn off of her and he's like, he didn't, you know, was trying to act like it wasn't, like it was consensual. Yeah, that's a lot, especially for a person you don't know. 
Yeah. I don't know about you, but I mean, Lululemon is like the the legging to go to. Those things don't tear. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're wearing a pair of Target leggings or something, you could probably. This still rep- takes a, a very stretchy. Yeah, that's true. But if you get if you are looking at the my leggings, you know how I said the holes in the crotch. So <laughs> eventually, oh. there is a there is a terrible place to grab like all of my pants. He tore them. He left his skin cells there. That's how they connected him. He was trying to play it off like, oh, it's just this kind of DNA. And actually, no, it's more violent DNA than that. Okay. I mean, more violent than, but like more circumstantial. I guess so. But couldn't he have just touched the leggings? But it was torn and his was the only DNA in that torn area. Okay, yeah. So no one else would have torn them. Fuck you, Daniel. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So... It like it could have been potentially explained away, but she was not seen with torn leggings. I don't think she she was a shy girl. She was already outside of her comfort zone wearing this costume to a big party like this. She would not have gone back to the party wearing torn leggings. Yeah, she would have gone home. Mm-hmm. Well, she would have liked to go home. Well, tried to go home. She maybe would have accepted a ride from one of the other people that were offering the rides. If she was like, yeah, if she was all beat up and stuff. I think the point was that she had been violently raped and she didn't have adequate clothing anymore. Yeah. Like, the, you can't wear torn leggings back into public without someone being like, oh my god, what happened to you? Sure. Anyway, so it was important for detectives to be able to get not only the DNA, but the confession too, which they got after <laughs> this extensive interrogation they never quite managed to get a full confession of how it happened, but they were able to trick him into making a number of these extremely damaging, like, admissions of guilt um, along the way, which all put together show, like, what actually happened. And yeah. the changing of his story is... The changing of his story so, is yes. good. And so when the detectives first arrested him, they initially didn't tell him that he was a, a, even a suspect for her murder, but, like, that they had brought him in on an, an unrelated charge, but it, like, turns out that... He was perfectly fine with discussing this entire thing at length. So, yeah. Confident ladies, man. Oh, man. Oh, you got to put a woman cop in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be interesting. You got to play to his misogyny. Oof. I mean, they did fine with the male detective that was in there, but. I mean. The, yeah. The medical examiner, Dr. Leigh Lavadi, who conducted the autopsy, said it's, which, first of all, I love. She said it's her opinion, mm-hmm. which. Thank goodness they're like, no, it's fact. But like, she's saying, no, this is my expert opinion. So like, kudos to you, Dr. She's Lovati. a doctor. She knows what to say. Like, yeah. Often I feel like these things are presented in court. Like, it, it's a fact. Oh, yeah. It's not always. It's just. Yeah. You can't know that. It's just your opinion, man. But, oh, it's just your fucking uh, theory, man. But it's like, yeah. a theory means a lot in science. <laughs> it does. So this medical examiner said it's her opinion that Chelsea died of blunt force head injuries and not asphyxiation, um, but added during cross-examination that she couldn't rule out asphyxiation because due to the extent of the decomposition that everything that we would use to make that determination is no longer present. And so it's like, look, my expert opinion is that this, this, and this would have been enough, but yeah, this could have also been it. But also, you can't just say, yeah, I choked her out and then she never woke up, so I hit her body. Like, how do the rest and of the also fractures get her there? Face yeah. after <laughs> and she chipped was her dead. teeth. Yeah. Chipped her teeth. Chipped her teeth. 
Can you broke even her do jaw. that with a hand? That seems like you need broke a tool. Broke her eye socket. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's full of shit. He's full of shit. Yep, exactly. Lavati said that a person, depending on the oxygen levels in their body, could lose consciousness in as little as 30 seconds. It might be even less, like, you know, if she were already inebriated and, and had a head injury or what have you. But it would at least take another two minutes of consistent intentional choking to cause death. Oh, yeah. Okay. So even still, like, once she passes out and she stops moving, no more consent, bro. Yeah. 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 So... Clay was charged with second-degree murder on July 22nd, 2016, but that was soon increased to first-degree murder, and Good. here's why. So, Please tell. In Michigan, there's three ways to commit first-degree murder, and this might vary by state, but the first and most obvious is the killing of a law enforcement officer. Oh. The second is also showing, like, premeditation, mm-hmm. which I feel like that's the one that kind of stands in pretty that's much everywhere. That's the one that, yeah. like, I always think, yeah. you always think of, yeah. So... When you're planning it out, you have an idea of how it's going to go down. You've calculated, you know, risks, et cetera, of how you're going to dispose of. Yeah, it, it, it's you all. You have a plan. You might have bought some you got shit. A plan. Like, you're ready to yeah. go. Like a shovel, <laughs> some lie. There, there is a video evidence of you going to the Home Depot for the tarp. There's a fucking yeah. receipt, a credit card, like. Yeah. Whatever, like, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then this third type is kind of a special thing, I guess, in Michigan and maybe a few other states, but a death resulting from the commission of certain felonies that can amount to first-degree murder, even if the death was not necessarily intended or foreseen. This is the type of murder most relevant to the case of Chelsea Brooke because the prosecution theory involved her being killed during the commission of rape or attempted rape. Okay. So because he was already committing a felony... I'm fine with this. And she died during it, it immediately goes to first degree. Yeah, I think a lot of states actually have this because, like, if you were committing a robbery, let's say, like, you were robbing the local 7-Eleven or something like that, and mm-hmm. you shot the clerk and the clerk died, you mm-hmm. would get first degree murder even though, like, you probably hadn't really planned out the, the you were, I mean, your intention was the robbery, not yeah. necessarily the murder. But because it was in the commission of another felony. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So at Clay's trial, the primary issue wasn't whether or not he had killed Chelsea. It was that he, because he'd already admitted to that. Yeah. But that her death had occurred because of either consensual sex or rape. Okay. Um, And so the evidence from her facial fractures and how long he must have had to choke her out for, which there wasn't evidence of her actually dying by asphyxiation. So that was, like, the part that was being argued. Okay. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah. Yeah. The part that mainly came into play was that he had violently ripped off of her off her clothing. Okay. And that was the part that got him in there to begin with. And so he was found guilty of first-degree murder on May 16th, 2017. All right. But. Oh, God. Um, well, no, it's actually kind of a, a happy, well, it's a sad but. It's a sad we butt. don't want to hear about sad butts, but uh-uh. but it's a it's a good butt in the end because it's already something that had been done. So it's not the end of Clay's le- legal troubles. When his DNA was put into the database, it also connected him to an unsolved home invasion from June of that year. Oh wow! And so that incident had involved an unknown male suspect that had broken into a woman's apartment and sexually assaulted her. And the details of this home invasion weren't available but the judge who oversaw it knew that this case had existed and he said this was a brutal rape it was degrading dehumanizing mr clay you're just an opportunist and a predator you're a liar and now you're a serial rapist 
And so that judge, yeah. seeing straight through all of his bullshit that he'd also had gone through too, then sentenced him to an additional 40 to 75 years for the home invasion on top of the life sentence that he was already serving for murdering Chelsea Brooke. Fuck yeah. I didn't know you could do that without a trial. That he was already... I mean, I'm fine with it, but like... Was he charged separately with the home invasion? Or was that during the same trial? No, he was charged separately. Oh, okay. The judge who oversaw the home invasion case (gasps) tacked on an extra. He was already in jail. Okay, never mind. the judge tacked on an extra 40 to 75 for the home invasion. This is important. That's why you bring people to a second trial, even if they're already in prison for life. Because you need to get it on the record so they never get parole. Exactly. Yeah, because this is showing that he is a serial. behavior. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that he would probably likely offend again. He's a serial rapist. And it gives them and their loved ones closure as well. Oh, yeah. As little as you can get, but. Whatever you can get from that. That's my story. Okay. Well. Have pockets. Keep your cell phone and away home. Yes. Don't fucking leave your friends somewhere when you have a plan. Right. I feel like Laura must feel awful. 21, 22, and drunk at a party. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I would not have been driving. I'll say that much. So I probably would have got left behind, not been the one leaving. But it's just like. No, it's like no no man behind. You leave no one behind. I would not behind. have been without my phone. I didn't think that when I was an undergrad, to be honest. Don't be no outside one told us that. of your house without your phone. And this was like, this was early on with cell phones. So we were still getting used to having them around. 2014? No, no. For when I was in college. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. But even for me, like, growing up, like, I don't know, the friends that I had back then, it still was like, you just, you did not leave people behind. You just. Yeah. It was like the buddy system. Until you're the last one there and there's no more crowd to try and find someone in. Yeah. This might be an Adventist thing then because they're very, we never talked about anything bad. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I feel like people need to be prepared and know the dangers out there. I was just talking to a friend from high school, actually, and it was just like, yeah, I had no idea I had depression when I was in high school, and she had no idea she had whatever when she she was in high school, because no one ever, not a teacher, not a sure. single fucking person, Oof. even, like, brought it up, so we had no idea, like, we were totally just fumbling around blind, and, like, a bunch of unprepared idiots that were going to college, yeah. With a bunch of other unprepared idiots, but I mean, it wasn't a safe scene, to be sure. There's definitely things that happened at Adventist colleges, too, so. Yeah. I'm just going to say thanks to my mom because we started watching Forensic Files when I was like in the womb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was always like, be prepared, be on guard, here's your pepper spray. Hold your keys in your, in, you know, in between your fingers if you happen to be walking by yourself. But why the fuck are you walking by yourself? Yeah. And my mom wasn't. Okay. Which is weird because I'm pretty sure my mom has undiagnosed anxiety. But (laughs) that's a different story. But, like, it it never came up. It was something she would be too uncomfortable to talk about me with, I think. Okay. No, because instead of talking to you about how to be safe and send you to a public school in Fresno... (laughs) She sent you to the Adventist school because it was safer. (laughs) Well, I don't know if the public school would have been any more helpful for me to figure out whether I had depression or not, but I might have learned. No, no, no. Not not for that reason, but because of her anxiety. Partying. Oh, yeah. I just, I understand being 21 
Yeah. And like not really thinking. Oh, I made so many stupid decisions. Anything applies to you. Like those are all It's a miracle stories. we're all alive. It really is. You heard my fucking stupid story about going off with that guy for my hand modeling photos? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, like, you're young and dumb, and you think you're invincible. Mm-hmm. And, like, I never had a conversation with any of my friends in college about, like, oh, okay, we're going to make sure we're all going to be leaving together. We all did, I guess, but... Yeah. I understand not acting like a Marine unit. Especially oh. at that time, just being like... No, I mean, even in high school, I got the the discussion, not even like a talking to, but like a discussion of you never leave anybody and you don't leave without anybody else. Like, yeah. All right. Well, no you one are with someone until you're home. Ever told me that don't before ever in my life. Friend. I had to figure it out on my own. Yeah. So. Like I said, my mom turned me on to freaking all sorts of crime stuff, you know, because that was kind of, it's her genre as well. So she was always like... As a girl, you just, you need to be very aware. You need to make sure that you have trusted people with you. Totally. I think I had that naturally because I had undiagnosed anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) So I ended up being okay because I was already overly cautious about a lot of things. But also really stupid about a lot of other things. I'm just saying I don't blame my friends at all. I'm sure they feel like shit. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Like they're not held accountable. I don't want. It, I want obviously to tell the person who is in jail is the one who's held accountable. It. But like, I feel like the the notion isn't like don't don't victim blame or you know try and put blame on someone who was just doing the best that they knew how at the time. Sure. Yeah. But also be prepared. Like have pockets in your costume. Yeah. Well, they're probably have, prepared. Have your now. stuff. They yeah. Probably definitely have a plan, have a plan and never leave mm-hmm. anyone behind at this point. But. Chelsea also went into this whole thing. She had her overnight bag, but she didn't know who she was going home with. Yeah. Which is stressful. Yeah. Especially in a crowd of 800 people and you get, you're disoriented and you get lost. And this is not victim blaming at all. No idea how much she was drinking. No one went with her to the bathroom to help her get cleaned up either. Otherwise, she might not have been so lost. Yeah, like who doesn't go to the bathroom with their... Okay, that's a little mean... Yeah. Uh, even if you were drunk. She needs help. Even if mm-hmm. I was drunk, if you walked into a pole in front of me, I would go with you to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> I would yeah. I would clean you up, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. we carry guilt for so many reasons. Sure, like, I'm, yeah. I'm sure, like, this weighs heavily. And, like, if it was me in their place, it would weigh heavily on me. I don't know how, how to take it off. I'd probably carry that for the rest of my life. But, like, yeah. it's not you. You're yeah. young, dumb, and maybe no one told you about this. Yeah, like, yeah. that's true. That's a fair sh- point. It's a small town. Sheltered. Yeah. yeah. Very. But, no, fair but point. small towns can actually be the worst. Well, but like they're not, but that's why though, because they're not, they're sheltered in a way that it's not, they're not street smart because they're not on the streets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't know, I guess I, I feel bad for her friends that were there because I yeah. yeah. that they yeah. feel bad and like the people that you leave behind, carry that with you for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. And so, and you'll always go and remember, like, you're always going to remember your friend Chelsea, who died when she was 21 and, like, never got to, like, grow old with you. Like, never got to do. Yeah. If this is bad, let's stop. Yeah. Okay. Uh, astrology? Yeah. Astrology. Astos. Astos. 
Well, I'm just going to add, like, life lesson, buddy system. Yeah. It's a good deal. It is a good deal. We're telling you now. We're yeah. your cool aunts. We're not your parents. So listen to us. <laughs> trust trust us. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, on this point, yes. It's a valid point. So We understand where you're coming from. Yeah. All right. All right. Ass news. All right. Give me some ass news. All right. Is it Mercury enters Libra? Yes, I have a little bit of that. If you want to talk about it, that's great because I only have like one sentence for it. But this episode is going to air on Monday, October 10th. And on Monday, Mercury enters Libra. Hannah, do you want to enlighten us on Mercury in Libra? Number one, actually, Monday the 10th, my planner is telling me it's also Indigenous Peoples Day. Oh, Which cool. Which goes back oh, to cool. when Sarah telling us whose land that was originally, so. Yeah. That's that's really cool. Oh, I thought that was November 25th. It's also Canadian Thanksgiving on the 10th, so maybe it's there? Huh, Indigenous okay. Peoples Day? I'm... Canadia, tell us. Write to us. Did I buy a Canadian planner? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> was it on sale? I might have bought a Canadian planner because Thanksgiving actually isn't in here. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Man. It's a Canadian planner. <laughs> well, never mind. I don't know what day it is. Uh, I'm pretty sure Indigenous People's Day is the day after Thanksgiving. That's what I thought as I well. I thought it was Columbus Day. I think that's why they call it Indigenous People's Day now. Yeah, but Columbus Day. Because fuck Columbus. Isn't the day after Thanksgiving. We don't you know what? understand. If it's two, they deserve two days. So the calendar. I don't, care. I don't know what's happening. If it's three days, they deserve three days. Yeah, because all the days. Apparently, October fifteenth, there's something called Sweetest Day. So if someone knows the sweetest day, <laughs> like the most sweet day, tell me what that means. I have no idea. It's a little weird. It's, a, it's cute though. It's black. it is cute. <laughs> all right, so Mercury enters Libra. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it, it does say Indigenous Peoples Day for me too. Okay. Weird. Okay. I swear that was Columbus Day now. It's Columbus Day and Ind- Indigenous Peoples Day, but I think they're covering up Columbus Day with Indigenous Peoples Day because yeah, fuck colonialism. Columbus. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, they can have two days. Colonizer. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Mercury enters Libra, guys. And this is the most fucking Libra conversation that went fucking nowhere. <laughs> it would all over the fucking tracks. You know, we never came to a conclusion. So, Turns out your planner is not Canadian. I don't think so. I don't know where Thanksgiving is, though, which seems kind of weird, but... It's the 24th, Otter's birthday. Okay, I have Diwali. <laughs> What's Diwali? Oh, wait, that's October. I'm in the wrong month. I'm in the wrong month, guys. I found it. I found it. <laughs> okay. Guys, I'm... Hannah's planner is not Canadian. Super smart. Okay. All right. Anyway, Libra. Into Mercury. Mercury. Communications. Is Mercury scattered? Is retrograde still? Yeah. Okay. We're not quite. That's why my texts haven't gone through. Yeah. 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 Your texts haven't gone through. We can't talk about this, but um, I'll say, yeah, Mercury enters Libra on Monday the 10th, Indigenous Peoples Day, October 10th. Thanksgiving in America is actually in November for our international listeners and myself. Hannah doesn't give a fuck because she doesn't eat turkey anyway, so it's really just any other day to her. I hate Thanksgiving. You like stuffing. I do eat a pot of stovetop stuffing. 
you're better off enjoying Native American Appreciation Day or whatever I would on the 25th be, when all the stuffing goes on sale. That's true. It's like the day after Halloween candy sales. Because my other Thanksgiving fucking memory is paella, which can suck my ass. <laughs> Mercury enters Libra. Your conversations are going to go like this. A little less spice. I don't think Libras will adamantly tell someone to suck their ass. But it's back. It's Libra. Communications. It's a pretty chill time, actually. Libras are pretty non-confrontational, so I feel like this might be an easier time for communications because people are more, like, diplomatic. Yeah. Friendly. Wishy-washy. People, please. <laughs> but... Be assertive. Tell what you want. That's what I say. Look at those Pisces as they've been saying it, so it must be true, but... That's my Taurus moon. That's your Taurus moon. That's some Earth coming out. But yeah, like, just communications become just friendlier, more diplomatic. I wouldn't believe everything that you're told during this time. No. I, I wouldn't put too much stock in any of your communications during this time. I think I would just enjoy the peace. Yeah. We got there. Oof. What else? All right. So Tuesday, October 11th, Mars in Gemini is going to be square with Neptune in Pisces. Mm. As soon as you said Neptune, I was like, oh, man. Yeah. So hashtag drama. Hey. This aspect lacks patience. We <laughs> are going to call this Bitchy Tuesday. Bitchy Tuesday. Oh, my God. I love it. National cool. holiday. Cool, cool, Bitchy cool. Tuesday. Mercury in Libra can't smooth out this aspect. No. Like. We're still going to be bitchy Tuesday. It's not on the 4th and it's not on the 18th, both of which are important dates for me. So I'm fine with it, bitchy Tuesday being the 11th. Well, also on Tuesday, October 11th, the sun in Libra will be trying with Saturn in Aquarius. So even though it's a bitchy Tuesday, work is going to be a breeze. So you can focus on your interpersonal bitchiness. Yes. <laughs> you will get your work done. That's not even a worry. Yeah. So the trine gives you the wherewithal to finish up kind of mundane tasks with ease. And then you can focus on your inner or outer bitch, whatever you want to do. Follow your heart. And then on Wednesday, October 12th, Mercury in Libra will be opposition with Jupiter and Aries. <laughs> This aspect makes us a little bit anxious because we start to realize the amount of shit we have on our plate. I don't, yeah. I don't want to realize Great. that. I don't want to know that. Are we not always in opposition? Right? <laughs> oh my god. It can only get worse. Ugh. And then on Thursday, October 13th, Venus and Libra will be trying with Saturn in Aquarius and this is going to be a wonderfully lovely day. It's going to be a good time to bond with people, make investments, and do something creative. So it should be a very calm and happy Thursday. Cool. All right. And then this one is huge. This okay. is a Meredith arrives. Fucking deal. Oh. Friday, October 14th, and Sunday. October 16th, Gemini will be trying with Capricorn and Pisces in Sac 
town. It never yes. actually happens in the skies, but it's happening in person. I right? am it in my calendar. <laughs> this is going to be an excellent weekend for drinking, laughing, and having a good time. And there's not like any anything happening astrologically at that point. So good nope. or bad. It's our trying. It is our trying. Yay! Yay. Fill fill the skies with happiness. We can make a weird triangle. But please don't leave me alone in Zacktown where I won't. I I <laughs> what? Life experience has taught me a lot, okay? The buddy system. Please don't leave me. We would not leave. I I purposefully was like any time from the evening of the 17th onward is fine for travel. I cannot leave that weekend. <laughs> I appreciate that. I was 100% open except for I didn't know what I had to teach, which was out of my control. But <laughs> when are you teaching? I am teaching Friday 12 to 3, but I'll be done. I get in at 4.30. Woo! Yeah, I'll be done. Okay. Perfect. I'll be that wobbly lady coming out of the first <laughs> class lounge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm so excited. But yeah, and you'll probably get another astrology episode. Yeah, we're probably going to not do much. I don't want to edit and drink on the plane. No. no. Today is epitomized by a dumpster fire at my house, and we're having communication issues and all sorts of stuff. So uh, reach Pull out. Pull your phone out from your pocket. Yeah. And reach out. Reach out. From Try. Your pocket. You can connect with us on Twitter at True Trine, on Instagram at True Crime Trine, on Facebook at TCT Podcast. You can email us directly at truecrimetrine at gmail.com. You can check out our website, www.truecrimetrine.com. And you can also connect with us on Discord. It's like real time, at least for Hannah and I. Sarah will <laughs> join eventually. I tried. It won't, it won't install properly. I cannot, for the life of me, figure out why my phone doesn't want it. Anyways. Bye. Bye. Music for our podcast was handcrafted by the talented and creative minds of Mike Warren and Pete Ortega. Our artwork was imagined and skillfully designed by the lovely Sarah Guest. As for production, well, they call me post-production. Show notes are available upon request. Just email truecrimetrine@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Join us again next week for another tantalizing episode.